Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio, wherever you can get podcasts. Progressive Snapshot can save you money based on how you drive and how much you drive. So the safer you drive, the more money you could save. Now, if you didn't hear that because you were looking at your phone while driving, let me say it again. Seriously, put down your phone. That is so unsafe. If you didn't do stuff like use your phone while driving, you could save money with Progressive Snapshot. But saving or not, just put it down. And if you did hear it the first time because you weren't looking at your phone, nice work. You'd love Snapshot from Progressive because it rewards safe drivers. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Snapshot not available in California and North Carolina or from all agents. This is Stacking the Box with NFL insider Matt Berteram and Mark Carmen. We're into the offseason. Stacking the Box going to be with you, of course, the entire way as we count the days. Berteram, do you know how many days until opening day, damn it? God, no. no. no I, we're going to have to, the next podcast, or actually by the end of this podcast, I'll take some time to figure that out. Uh, but before we get into the offseason, I got a, I got beef with you, Verderam. And it's not because you missed a podcast last week because you were traveling or whatever the hell was going on. You, Matt Verderam, the greatest Twitter there is, at Matt Verderam, V-E-R-D-E-R-A-M-E. You tweeted last night, this is a classless, classless move. I don't care if it's for quote content. Don't tag players when they have a bad game or have a bad moment. It's not cool when fans do it. Not cool when the media does it. It's bullshit. And you are attacking Stephen A. Smith for wrongly tagging Tommy Townsend on Twitter during the Super Bowl. Now, first of all, Stephen A. is at the top of our profession, so you are attacking a guy who we both may need someday. There's that. There's that. That's number one. Number two. You're holding Tommy Townsend as incapable of handling a Stephen A. Smith berating, which Tommy Townsend, let's be honest, deserved. I think Tommy Townsend is a strong enough man to handle even Stephen A. coming at him or Matt Verderam or yours truly at the car. Please uh, go ahead and defend yourself or yell at me. First of all, you like the tweet, okay? <laughs> so you're, you're guilty of sin. Second of all, all right, I don't, I don't care who you are, if you're a fan, if you're a media member, look, you want to sit there on Twitter and talk about, hey, this guy had a crap game, go nuts. I'm not saying not to do that. Like, that's what the platform's for. It's interacts, talk about things. When you tag guys, that's a whole nother level, in my opinion. Like, look, this dude did not play well in the Super Bowl. Which, by the way, if, if that's your threshold to tag somebody, you should tag the entire Kansas City Chiefs team, okay? Like, he had a couple of bad punts. He doesn't – like, Stephen A. Smith – who's the same guy who, by the way, a couple of years ago in a, in a game when Kansas City was about to play the Raiders, uh, excuse me, against the Chargers, I believe it was, and he railed on and on about how the biggest matchup in the game was Derek Johnson against Hunter Henry. Neither guy, by the way, was playing in that game. All right, He has no credibility whatsoever with me. He's done that multiple times. Now, is he at the top of our profession because he's a carnival barker? Yeah, absolutely. He was at one time a real journalist, as was Skip Bayless, okay? If you'd like to go back to their time in newspapers. 
Now, both have become complete human sideshows sold out for the almighty dollar, which is fine. You can do that. That's your right. This is America. It's a capitalist society. Go nuts. Go get your money. Go get paid. Be fine with the fact you have absolutely zero morals. That being said, look, when you start tagging dudes, and he, of course, because he's, he's so journalistically capable, tagged the wrong person, by the way, because he's so ca- – like, that is, to me, a bridge too far. Have some class. Have some respect. You want to rip the crap out of him on first take the next day? Go nuts. But to tag a guy on Twitter, which is an all-too-common phenomenon that happens all the time with players in the league, that, to me, is too far. Let me ask you a question. Would you prefer, in your work environment, Verderam, if somebody had a problem with you, would you prefer to be dealt with directly or would you prefer that they talk behind your back? Well, if they work with me directly, but if they're just some random asshole on Twitter, I, I mean, I, I, to me, like, go ahead. You know how many times I've searched my name on Twitter? And this is the honest truth. Zero. Zero. I don't care. So if somebody writes something, blah, 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 Verderam, I guarantee you I've never seen it. Ever. Like, unless you've DM me or you've tagged me. And to me, like, I don't need, you know, I, like, I'm, I'm just some NFL writer reporter. Like, I don't, and I don't need your crap. Like, certainly a player who just had his, like, think about you in your life, your worst moment. And it's on national television. It is seen by millions upon millions upon millions. And you have this, this clown show tweeting at you. Probably because he had, you know, maybe bet on the game or something, and he's upset about it. Like, I just don't get that. It's crap. Like, you have a you have first take. Let's go on there and talk about. It. Like, like that's fine. But the tag a guy to me is garbage. See, where I res- where I respect first for Stephen A is he's always very direct with athletes. You probably know Progressive Insurance for insuring your home and auto. You may know Flo and Doctor Rick. But what you may not know is that Progressive helps employees support over 3,800 charitable organizations annually because we're committed to helping our employees, and our employees are committed to helping others. Anyway, we just wanted to share. We were a little too proud of it to keep it to ourselves. And if you already knew all of this about us, you've either heard this radio spot before or just randomly know a lot about Progressive. Find out more about how we're dedicated to our customers and communities at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates based on data from May 2020 through April 2021. If you have a problem, you know where to find me. He shows up at games. A lot of guys don't do that. He's actually very direct. Now, uh, getting the tag, right? these things happen. It's a very confusing social media world. Not a great moment for him, but uh, he was It just, you know, people make mistakes. I don't know. I got a lot of respect for Stephen A in that. Uh, number one, I think he he's just not afraid to ask questions, man. He goes he goes straight at things. Oh, I don't care. Listen, I'm not I'm not going to even argue that. I mean, he again. I think there's been a lot of times his career he's been very credible, and he was an excellent columnist and all these things. And he's well, he could sit there and say, "Well, shut up. I've been way more successful than you are." And I could say, "Yeah, but I have integrity." So I guess you know what what's worth more to you in life. I I, I think ultimately, I actually have long enjoyed a lot of what he does. I think he's funny. I think he's interesting. Where I think Skip Bayless is just a clown. Like I, I think I think Stephen A. Smith at least it can be interesting. Um, I'm not trying to sandbag him as a human being for everything he's ever done, but I do think look when you tag a guy, it's bullshit. And I'd say the same if you did it. Like it's just, it's bullshit. Like, there's no reason for it. We would love responses to this, by the way. Please feel free in the comments. Uh, was Stephen A. right? being direct and tagging, or was Verderam right for calling out Stephen no, A? Look, here, here, here's a leave, 
leave a review on Stacking the Box answering that question. Werner M. Wright, Stephen A. Wright, tell us why. We'll read your comments uh, on the next podcast or when they come in because sometimes Apple takes a few days to store the reviews. But leave a review, leave a rating. We'll read them out. We'll have some fun with it. You want to get on the show? That's the way we'll do it. And, and, and just talk about how much you love Carm, and Carm is just great. And, and those will that we'll put those right to the front of everything we read, right? Is that how we'll do it? Okay, I, I'll do that. But yeah, uh, Stephen A., keep doing you, my friend. Just get the tag right. Guys, thank you for listening. But this is an important message. Support for Stacking the Box is now being brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming company. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. And we have an exclusive offer for my listeners, 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That is 20% off and free shipping. You cannot beat it. So go over to manscaped.com, check out all their latest stuff, including the lawnmower 3.0, What's the perfect package? Check it out. It's a can't miss. Manscaped, something if you're a man, you need to be aware of. Again, go to manscaped.com and for the code, it's fansided20. All right, NFL offseason is here. Matt Verderam, biggest storyline you'll be watching. Actually, let me go first on that. Uh, I am on the proverbial edge of my seat. Will... What, what are the Bears going to do at quarterback is super interesting to me. Is it going to be Carson Wentz? Are they going to go off the board and do something? Uh, Derek Carr's name, I keep on hearing that one. I've been trying to get some love going for Gardner Minshew. Uh, but, of course, there's a million other things going on here. Uh, Deshaun Watson, I think, is the most popular answer here. J.J. Watts in the, the middle of the mix now. Um, which way are you going, my brother? Well, I, I think – off-season storyline, Scott, has to be the quarterbacks, right? But, um, you know, we'll get a little more into this, but Watson is the most fascinating thing. I know there's some stuff with Russell Wilson. I don't – this is just an opinion, but I, I don't think Russell Wilson's going anywhere. I would be very surprised. Where the Texans are a tire fire, Seattle is not. I, I just – I don't buy that that'll happen. But, Look, there's a lot of stuff to get into with the offseason, and we certainly will do that here on Sack the Box throughout the whole thing. But I think it is very interesting to look at this and go, all right, well, the cap's shrinking. Uh, quarterbacks galore. You have a draft class full of quarterbacks that could go in the top 10. Uh, you have J.J. Watt on the market. Von Miller might soon be joining him. There's just a lot going on. There really is. There's a whole lot going on. Watson has to be the main storyline. Dak is another one. Like Dak is fascinating to me on a lot of levels. But um, look, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. It really is. There is a lot to parse through here in a very weird off season where normally a lot of teams have money. This year, very few do. Right. the The shrinking salary cap is obviously a. Uh significant factor this offseason um i gotta tell you jj watt showing up in chicago with his girlfriend having a balcony dinner in the middle of a snowstorm and i get that jj watt's not in his prime and i get that he's probably not going to the bears because the bears got a million damn 
uh, needs going on here. I actually kind of think he's going to end up with the Steelers, but I did get excited for a second for him. There he is. He could be anywhere in the world. He's choosing to be in Chicago in the middle of a snowstorm. You know what? I am very torn on this J.J. Watt stuff because on one hand, J.J. Watt is a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is a great player, okay, and has been for most of his career. However, actually, I'd like to amend what I just said because he had been a great player. He is still a very good player. Um, the reality is in 2018, he played 16 games. He led the league with seven forced fumbles, which is just ridiculous. And he had 16 sacks. Okay, his first team all pro. Great year. The two years before it and the two years after it, it's not been, it's not been healthy for three of those four years. Last year, he did play all 16 games. Um, the, otherwise, in those three years, he played a combined 16 games. And he hasn't been that good. In those other four years, combined 10 and a half sacks. I, I get the name value just drives the price through the roof. It's, but it's if you're, are you like, are you really willing? If you're a general manager, you really like, yeah, here's 12, $14 million a year. Like, there's no way I would do that. There's no, like, I, I could, de- and I'll say this right now and I'll let you talk. Like, I could definitely see a scenario where he comes out next year and he's healthy. And he plays 16 games, and he's really motivated, and he's on a great team, and he has 12 sacks. I could see that happening. I could also see him getting hurt and playing four games. And that, to me, is a big, big, big risk to start pumping it, you know, two years at $30 million. I just think that's a lot of money. For me, with, with J.J., he, he kind of is like, if this makes sense, a new era Jared Allen. Is that – you know, he like – Great personality, once was phenomenal. You might be able to squeeze one more great, highly motivated year out of the lemon, knowing that he's, you know, like, but I think that's about all you're squeezing. How much is that worth? I don't know. It's not going to, he's going to have suitors, so it's not going to be cheap. But he's just such a dynamic personality that he becomes more attractive. He puts out a video and in 37 minutes, it's got close, you know, well over a million views. I mean, this is this is a guy that has resonated with a community in, in a very no impressive – and he's been phenomenal on the field, but, he, but he's clearly passed it. So I think it's like cool to say, we got J.J. Watt, sweet. But, yeah, okay, he's, he's not the guy that you're – you know, you – like when you're saying that you're, that you're getting. I would rather like, – I know this, is, this might be like a hot take to the end of time, but – there are guys like Carl Lawson who are early to mid-20s coming off rookie deals. He just came off a year where he had five and a half sacks. So, you know, it's fine, decent player. Uh, Romeo Aquera comes over from Detroit. Detroit he had 10 sacks last year. Uh, he's 25 years old. Two years before that, he had seven and a half. I would rather sign him if you're just looking for pastors. Now, if you're talking about I want a guy who can play three downs, who can move all over the line. Like I'm not saying Watt's not more valuable in the sense that he's a great player and you can move him everywhere. But if you're just a team just saying, I just want pass rush, that's what I want. I think there are other options that are a lot cheaper than, than 32-year-old J.J. Watt, who four out of the last five years has either not been good or been flat out hurt. Now, I, it's not that I don't think he can still play. I think his body has betrayed him. I think when he's been on the field, he can play. But – if you're asking me, like, would I, 
Would I sign him for one year and ten million, and then a team option? Yeah, I would. I would. But if you start getting into this territory, as has been reported, he wants seventeen plus million dollars a year. There's just no way I would. I would not pay him that. I, I don't think he's worth that, despite his name. Well, who do you think will pay him the most? Because if I'm him, that's where I'm going. Well, look, there's been reports that he's also got to go to a team that he can win on, which I believe. So let's assume we're not talking about Jacksonville here, okay? If you go down the list of teams that are good, te- like playoff teams, the Colts have by far the most cap space, $69 million, okay? And they're in the division. They play indoors. He could definitely go there. And him and Buck. Jamie's log. Progressive. The Harrington's Backyard, Day 11, 4.43 a.m. The tent I set up in the Harrington's Backyard to prove Progressive has 24-7 protection has a rip in it. But a little rain won't stop me. Mrs. Harrington says she totally understands 24-7 protection means 24-7. Gonna stay a few more days to make sure. It's hailing now. That's fun. Progressive doesn't just offer a great price when you bundle home and auto. We offer round-the-clock protection. Just not literally from Jamie. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. That'd be a tandem. Like, if I'm the Colts... I'm making that phone call. Then you get to Washington. I don't know the Washington's going to have the interest because their front seven's already really good. They have a lot of other needs. Miami, eh, I don't know. Cleveland, $22 million. We've seen that reported, okay? We know there's interest there. Tampa has money, but Tampa's got to sign their own guys. Sue, Barrett, Godwin. I, I don't – I would be surprised unless, unless he just goes there for nothing. And then you really start dwindling, man. Like, the next, like – Team, you go, yeah, they could win a title. I mean, Seattle, they're barely under the cap at $5 million, And then you start getting into teams that don't have money. The Bills, the Titans, your Bears, the Packers, the Chiefs, the Rams, the Steelers, so on. I, I, and by the way, any of those teams that are over the cap, if they really wanted to do it, could sign him. Like, if they really wanted to, they could sign him. They could restructure some money. Like, it, it can happen. But I... I, I have thought the Colts would make a lot of sense. I thought the Browns would make sense even before it was reported. I thought that was interesting. Like, I think if you're him, like those teams have needs in those spots. They're good teams. They can pay you. Probably the best place to go. It'll be very interesting from just a standpoint of how he – does he actually go for the money? How much is he willing to take off the table to be on quote-unquote a winner? I, I, he'll probably be able to middle that pretty well. Um but he'll, wherever he goes, we know that he's going to have an impact both on and off the field, probably more so off the field at this point. But there's, again, I, I think there is probably one more good year of J.J. Watt that somebody is going to be the benefit of next season. Let's go into the future here and let's talk about Dak. The Cowboys um, still sitting in this situation. I, I think this plays out weirdly with the franchise tag and it just becomes another contentious year. Like, you know, what – I. Them coming together on a short-term deal now probably makes the most sense. But I think, you know, look, he's coming off a very serious injury. You can pay him. You can franchise him. I think it sort of makes the most most sense for the Cowboys, which that's how they've operated to this point. Do you think he gets a long-term deal? I think you're probably right. I mean, it's probably, again, Dak is looking at – now, here's the thing that gets interesting, okay? If they tag him, they're already – tight to the cap, all right? If they tag him, even if he doesn't sign the tag, which a lot of guys don't, because then they can't get fined because they're not technically under the contract, they don't show up to mini camps and OTAs. 
that number still counts against you. Now they are 18 and a half million projected under the 180 salary cap. So that's good. What's not good is if you tag him, it's $37 million. So now you're 19 over. This is a team that stunk last year. Okay. Even when Prescott was healthy, they stunk and now they can't improve. Now you start looking at their cap sheet. <laughs> you got problems. All right. Now you, there's no real easy cut. You know, sometimes teams are way over the cap. Like, all right. Yeah. But they can cut so-and-so for 14 million. I don't know where that money's coming from with Dallas. I don't see it. Doesn't mean they can't create the money. They can restructure. They can extend. But now you're pushing that money down the road. You're getting yourself in, into a tougher position. If you're the Cowboys, you are highly, highly motivated to get a long-term deal done prior to March 17th, which is the date of the new league year. Okay, because even if it's 40 million a year or something like that, that first year cap it's always much lower it's probably going to be around $15 million. Now, all of a sudden, you're cap compliant. Whereas if you do not do that and you tag him, you have all kinds of problems. I think Dallas is going to try to get a deal done, but I think Prescott's going to say, look, you're, you're going to pay me. I went out there last year on a tag. I could have ended my career with the leg injury that I had. We don't know how he's going to come back. You, at this point, if you're Dak Prescott, I don't think you step on the field without a long-term deal again. I don't. And I think the Cowboys are either going to have to pay up and, and normally they'd have the leverage here, but they don't because they're so capped out. If they tag him, I think they're going to tag him at first, but then I think those sides have got to work towards a deal or Dallas has got big problems. It's really interesting. Like would Dak actually sit out if the Cowboys didn't move and then coming off a huge you know, p- potential career ending career changing what you're capable of doing injury. Just bet that someone's going to pay him on the back end of that. Like that's. Oh, somebody would pay him in two seconds. You, okay. Oh, God, to, yeah. to, you think they pay him 30 million a year in two seconds? If he hit free agency? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not okay. Even. I mean, well, because you got to think of it this way. Look at what Jared Goff and Carson Wentz are getting paid right now. Now, I get it. You can say there's buyer's remorse there. But Dak's a much better quarterback than either one of those guys. I, I know he's coming off the injury, but, man, I, I don't Ryan Tannehill just got paid 30-plus million a year. Wasn't his foot going the other direction? Yeah, he broke his ankle. I mean. I don't, I don't care, man. He's, he's a 20, what, 5, 26-year-old superstar quarterback. He'll get paid. He'll get, I don't know if he get a long time. Like, I don't know if some team would sign him for five years. I'm just, but, I'm just oh, saying get, he would get paid. I'm just saying that his leverage on what he's going to get paid versus like what one more year on the on the tag is. I mean, it's it's huge money. So I, it, it's just I don't know. Um, you know, is, is he getting? Is somebody going to give him a five six year guaranteed deal that's worth so much more than one year on the franchise tag? I maybe maybe I I don't know. I, he's, his leverage doesn't seem. It's there, but I don't think it's maybe as strong as perhaps we're talking about. Let's pause for a quick second here so we can pay some bills. We're right back with Stacking the Box. We touched on the salary capper, uh, but how, how big of a deal do you think this is? Because, you, you, you know, you've also said a million times now already on just one podcast that, look, teams can get creative. There's always a way around things. Yep. Uh, so, that, and that's, I think that's what we're going to see a ton of this NFL offseason. We definitely are, but it is a big deal. 
it is a big deal. And if you talk to agents and you talk to personnel men in the league, they will tell you it is a major deal. And it is a major, major hindrance in figuring out how to go about this offseason. Uh, I talked to uh, Matt Lombardo, who's a columnist for us, uh, and, and he wrote a great column. I, I would suggest everybody read it. Uh, he does a column every Wednesday between the hash marks, and it was excellent this week. And he talked a lot about and got some some quotes from sources on, yeah, look, it is – it is a holding pattern right now. It's the same thing I've heard. It's the same thing I'm sure most people have heard is that a lot of these teams, they don't know how much they have to do to get into the cap. Because while 180 is what a lot of people think it's going to be and what Adam Schefter reported it may be, Peter King came out on Monday in his column, Football Morning in America, uh, over at NBC, which is, of course, the gold standard. And he mentioned that the NFL believes within a month it might sign these new TV deals. Well, if that happens... The NFL might decide, look, we don't want to be in a cap crunch. Let's kick a lot of that money in right now, borrow from future years, and at least keep the cap flat. So a lot of these teams are like, well, do we need to cut $25 million worth of players? Do we need to push money forward? Do we not? It's a big, big open-ended question. Look, my feeling is if the cap does not stay flat and it goes down, I had one agent tell me, and, and a lot of them tell me variations of this, but one said it I thought best. Stars get paid. Stars always, always, always get paid. But the second-tier guys, those mid-level guys, they're going to get effed. And that is the truth. And that's where I think it becomes very interesting. If you are a mid-level guy, okay, I know a lot of Chief fans listen to this podcast, so I'll use him as an example. If you're Sammy Watkins and you hit the market, there's a really, really legitimate chance you're getting a one-year incentive-laden deal. Because Allen Robinson's going to get paid, and Chris Godwin's going to get paid, and Corey Davis and Juju Schmidt-Schuster may to a lesser extent, but they will get paid. If you're Sammy Wat and Kenny Galladay probably gets paid, if you're Sammy Watkins, you're not getting paid. You're just not. So does it behoove a player like that, especially on uh, uh, you know guys who are maybe in their late twenties, early thirties, to just resign before free agency happens and have that certainty? Because if you don't, there's a good chance you're going to training camp without a job. It, there is just there's a lot in the air related to the cap, and I think I think that agent and a lot of the agents I've talked to are spot on with this. Look, stars will get their money, but those second tier guys, those those guys that usually are the best value in free agency, they are going to be bargain bin in a lot of cases this year because teams do not have any money. Is JJ Watt a star? Yes, because of who he is. Yes. Okay. And the Texans say what you want about him, and they're a crap show. They did him a service because they cut him now when every team has as, most, as, as much money as it's going to have and can sign him and then can figure out for a month how to get under the cap if they have to. Whereas all these other guys, they become free agents March 17th. You've got to be cap. Once, see, once you get to March 17th, you have to be cap compliant. From there on, you can't go over and then back under. You have to stay under. Right now, you know the Steelers, in theory, could go sign Watt for twelve million dollars and be fifty million over the cap. They've still got till March seventeenth to get under it. So they did him a huge favor. If Von Miller is going to leave in Denver, and Dan Graziano, I believe it was, hope I, I believe I'm ninety nine percent sure that's who it was, reported that it's likely Miller's out of Denver. If Miller's gone, they will do him right. They will cut him now. Because then he can go out and get paid now, right? So that helps. Whereas if you're hitting a market March 17th with 800 other guys, that becomes a problem. You are now in this feeding frenzy, whereas at least right now, Watt and Miller can command all the attention. So 
one guy we haven't touched on is uh, Allen Robinson, who, right. for whatever damn reason, the Chicago Bears have let it get to this point. Uh, right. We 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 all we do think that that's this is a tier one free agent that Allen is getting paid, correct? Oh God, yeah, yeah. He'll he'll be the highest paid receiver of this class. So what do you think happens there? Because the Bears one thousand and one percent need Allen Robinson. Uh, and he has put out a lot of. If you go to his Twitter, he just he's putting out all sorts of emojis, like eh, you know, just basically, eh, well, what do I think today? Where what's what's the best plan for me? And he wants, and he said he's also said he wants to be in Chicago, but Chicago sits around and doing whatever the hell they're doing, which I don't get. Um, you had any intel on Allen Robinson? Because that's obviously uh, for Bears fans out there, this is a big deal. I don't have any intel. I it's been fairly quiet around him really has. Um, but here's what I'll say just from covering the league and and kind of, I think understanding how these, these guys work. Look, he's going to take it as a slap in the face if they haven't given him a contract yet. I I don't understand if you're the bears, like the bears are out here paying Jimmy Graham, but couldn't find money for Allen Robinson. Like if you don't think that's, if you think that's lost on Allen Robinson, you're insane. So I, now, look, money talks. If the Bears came to him tomorrow and said, hey, five years, 100 million, I think he'd probably very seriously listen to that. Um, but well, I do think it's gotten to this point. It's not great. He'd 100% sign if they, if they actually paid a market value. Right. Tell you what, uh, though, they're going to go to war if he, tags, if he gets tagged, man. Yeah. If, if they tag him, he's going to be, you've got to be kidding me. I have been stuck with this nonstop parade of garbage in Chicago at quarterback coming off four years of Blake Bortles. Okay. And the guy in Chicago, I know Carm, you don't, you already know this, but for the listeners out there who maybe don't 2018, he goes to the bears plays starts 12 games, plays 13, 754 yards, four touchdowns. Okay. Good year. A little more by injury last year, 2019 plays all 16 games, 98 catches, 1147 yards, seven touchdowns. And then this year, Another 16-game campaign, 102 catches, 1,250 yards and six touchdowns with nobody else to help him. They have no other weapon that anybody cares about. They have no quarterback. And the guy's putting up these numbers in the Bears. Look, I think if you're the Bears, you you have to keep him, right? You have to tag him. But they've been oddly coy about this, which makes you kind of wonder, like, will they? It's very bizarre. It is, and those numbers are impressive, but if you don't watch Allen Robinson every week or just see occasional highlights, he his ability to catch horrendously thrown balls that are one inch from hitting the turf and somehow, some way, Allen Robinson hauls it in, keeps, you know, does everything that's required for an NFL catch. I mean, the guy is incredible. So – you mean, I don't know, Bear, imagine, I don't, it's not going to happen, but if I'm Green Bay, stealing that guy from the Bears, oh my that God. That won't happen, but that, they, that, they have no money. Right, that, but, but he, he's. That, yes, that would be wonderful for them if they could do it. There there's, there's might be some mutual interest there. Allen has been very coy too. We'll see what happens. All right, um, do we think, or do you think, that Deshaun Watson is on a new team come training camp? Uh, you put it on the rundown. No, I program. know, I know, I know, but I, I feel like it's such a 
if I had to bet my mortgage, I think he's gone. I think he's gone because he he has made it so unbelievably obvious he, he he's done with them. And I I think look the seven deadly sins, right? Pride is one of them. And I look at the Texans and Jack Easterby. So as you graduate and head out into the world, there's only one thing that you need to know. Hi, this is Jamie from Progressive. Yeah, I can talk now. Progressive protects you 24-7. So tell me what happened. Oh, I'm sorry, Gene. Can you give me one second? Um, brush out for every meal. Congratulations and thank you. Sorry about that. I'm back. So tell me about this fender bender. Contact us 24-7 on the phone, online, or on the mobile app. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Covered subject to policy terms. And the way they've handled everything this offseason. And I think they're going to go, you know what? Screw you. We can do it without you. They can't. They can't. But I think they will think that. He's going to make it incredibly uncomfortable because he's just not going to show up to camp. I, I, I would just be... I'd be very surprised. Now, I'm not saying, look, if the Texans went all the way down the road, okay... And let's just play it out. Okay, they don't trade him by the draft. Because the draft is the big marker here. Well, they trade him by the draft and get picks. Now, if they don't do that, then you start getting into, okay, does you show up for OTAs and minicamp, which, granted, this year probably going to be virtual anyway. So the real big question becomes, does he show up for training camp? If he doesn't, they start fining him. Okay, he is under contract. Under the new collective bargaining agreement, Teams cannot give that fined money back as they used to be able to. So those are real fines. They're not funny money where some teams can go, oh, we love you too. He's back. Great. No, no, no. They keep the money. How much money is he willing to lose? Is he willing to go into the season and start losing paychecks? It doesn't happen often. However, it has happened. We saw Le'Veon Bell do something like that. So is it possible? It's possible. I don't know that I'd say it's probable, but I think the Texans are going to look at this and go, man, he does not want to be here. This is going to be miserable. It's a PR nightmare. We stink anyway. They'll never say that publicly, but they know it privately. Like, let's just rebuild this whole thing with guys who want to be here. But I'll tell you, it's gotten to the point, and I, at the beginning, never thought he'd get dealt. Yeah, I I actually lean toward that way. I wouldn't be shocked if he's there week one, but I think there's a very, very real chance that he's gone. See, I think the Texans can make a good deal. You just be – no, I don't think they will necessarily, but there are a lot of teams that are going to pay – would pay an, a, an insane amount for Deshaun Watson. Carolina. I mean, look, what happens if they call up the Buffalo Bills? Hey, Buffalo, we want Josh Allen and, uh, I don't know, a second and a sixth. We'll trade you Deshaun. Is Buffalo doing that? No, because the fan base would go insane because they love Josh Allen. But okay. I think I think realistically, do I think that's a bad trade for Buffalo? No, I don't. So like I look, okay, I'll just reel it off real quick. Here are the teams I do not think would even really go down the road of trading for him. Kansas City, the Packers. Although I think, you know, Rodgers is 37, but he's MVP and he's Aaron Rodgers. I don't think they trade him. I don't think the Bills would trade him. Then it's open season. Like the Ravens are a really interesting one. If I were the Ravens, my God, I would do it in two seconds. But there's all that other stuff to consider. Like, well, he's beloved by the team. He's beloved by the fan base, big trust, all this other crap. But I, 
I, I think I think the Ravens would certainly listen intently, but would they do it? I don't know. Now, I don't think anybody in the AFC South can do it because I don't think the Texans are trading in the division. Um, and don't forget, he's got a no trade clause. So there's a whole lot of levels to this. But uh, I think the only three teams to me that would definitely say no are the three guys who led the MVP conversation this year, Mahomes, Rodgers, Allen. I think everybody else, including Seattle right now, the way that thing's going, you're at least taking the phone call. Right. There, that, that was next on the list. Hey, Seattle, what does it look like? By the way, Carolina, you're highly interested. You're trading him. It, 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 this shouldn't be the motivation, I don't think. Like the whole not trade him into the division thing, yeah, that makes it super uncomfortable. But you make the best deal that, that you can make, period. Get the best assets. I'm not saying it's in the division. But Carolina is in the NFC South. They were a bad football team last year. There's a decent chance that he goes there and you forget all about him, at least a little bit. So maybe that, you know, you know you're, you're trading him to an organization that's scuffling along and you get a huge package coming on back. Yeah. Oh, I, I think, look, I, I asked – trying to think just a few weeks ago I, I reached out to i believe it was three current general managers and a couple of former general managers and said look if you were the texans what would it take for you to at least listen to trading deshaun watson the answer was obviously varied but the the general consensus was three first round picks and maybe also a player so are you willing to give that up like if you're if you're the dolphins would you trade three first round picks in Tua? I would, but will they? That's probably the price. Uh, at least, at least a, a good portion of the price. If you're the Panthers, uh, you know David Newton of ESPN put this as a bold prediction. He did not report this, which was out there yesterday. So credit to David Newton. Just it was just a bold prediction, uh, or like, or a, a, you know one thing that could happen if if, if the Panthers went bold. Uh, he's you know three first in McCaffrey. I think that's probably in the ballpark. I think anything now look if you're let's just say, and I don't think this is gonna happen, but if you're the Ravens, okay, you're not giving Lamar Jackson three first round picks. Then it's okay, we'll give you Lamar Jackson and a pick, right? And maybe it's a second or something. Uh, but if you're not giving back like if you're the 49ers, what is what is the answer to two first Garoppolo and Eric Armstead? Like that's at least interesting. I don't know that it does it, but it's interesting. All right, let's move off of Deshaun. Uh, by the way, Bears, make the call. Do something. Don't, don't, don't. Enough with the Carson Wentz thing. Uh, just try to get involved here. While it's punt, you have time on your hands. Here, here's the, here it is. Chicago, you don't need to rush into anything. Let this play out and be in the conversation for Deshaun Watson. See what you can do. You have absolutely nothing to lose. You have everything to gain. You could save your job, Ryan Pace. You could save your job, Matt Nagy. Stay in the conversation for as long as he's out there until there is something rectified. You don't need to rush to Carson Wentz or anyone else. None of them are worth punting on the chance to get Deshaun Watson. Thank you very much. Meanwhile, Matt Verderham, will the Bucks keep their team together? At least for the most part, I think so. Uh, they they have about twenty six million in, in space if the cap is one eighty, but they're probably gonna have to use their tag on Barrett or on Godwin, and that's gonna eat up most of that. And then they sold some other guys like Sue, Antonio Brown, Rob Gronkowski. But I think those guys are gonna just try to stay there and win it again. Like if you're Gronk, you're really going anywhere else? No, probably not. Like if you're Antonio Brown, you want to leave your your buddy Tom. Probably not. Um, 
If somebody pays Antonio, I think he'll go, but I don't think anyone will. That's the thing. I agree with you. I don't think anybody's going to pay him enough to leave. And then, and then you get into like, all right, well, Sue, maybe like he might be the one guy. So like, look, I got my ring. I'll get paid one more time. I mean, maybe Levante David's fascinating. Um, he's a great player. Is he the odd man out there? I don't know. I'm not saying he is, but like they're, they're going to lose. They're probably going to lose one, maybe two guys that really that do matter off this team. Um, the question I have with the Bucks, because look, I think they will mostly keep it together, but I don't know if that's the best thing in the world. And the reason I say that is, you know, last year the Chiefs did that, and it worked for the most part. I mean, they went back to the Super Bowl. It's hard to argue with what they did. But the Chiefs are a very young team. The Buccaneers are a very old team. I mean, the Buccaneers, now they have some good young players. Obviously, look, Evans is in his prime, Godwin, but like Brady's going to be 44. Sue's in his mid-30s. Okay, you start looking at, you know, Brown's no spring chicken. Obviously, Gronk's older. Um, Levante David is, is another guy like Evans in his prime. But you start going down, like Pierre Paul's no spring chicken. I mean, these are, they're an older team. Like, I don't know. Look, I get it. They won the Super Bowl. They're a deserved champion. But was that more of like they're the really, truly the best team in football? Or is that truly like they caught lightning in a bottle for a month at the end of the year and Brady's great in the playoffs? Because Brady really, if you truly look at it, Brady was not great in the playoffs. He was not. He was not. He was awful in the NFC playoffs. And again, and in the Super Bowl, he was okay. He was fine. But he wasn't great. Like I, I just wonder with them, you know, Leonard Fournette's another guy who's a free agent. Like, are you going to pay Leonard Fournette? I wouldn't. Like, I, I just, I actually think, look, yes, you want to keep a lot of those big name guys, but some of those other guys, I might try to replace with some younger players. The Bucks won the Super Bowl because the Chiefs' offensive line was in shambles, and they have an elite defense. Um, but there's also that win factor with Brady that. Yeah. You're in win now mode. I, you, I, this, you, everything changes once that guy walks out the door. I don't care how he played in the playoffs. There's just there's something about him and that, particularly that team, because they're, they're coming from, you know, being the Tampa Bay Bucks for so long that he's just had a huge influence. That being oh, said, gosh. so I'm I'm not worried about. You you can rework it when when Tom walks out the door, but like look, Shaq Barrett, this is I mean that dude's entering his prime, and he's uh, you can't lose him, cannot. No, no. So um, I I don't listen. I didn't think the Bucks were going to win it this year. I I don't expect them to win it next year, but I don't I don't think you have to worry about you can't worry about the future right now if you're. I agree, which is why I think they'll they'll mostly keep these guys yeah. around. But I do think I, like all I'm saying is I agree with everything you just said. I just wonder if, is it really the best thing? Like, I actually think they could be better next year if they let some of those guys go. Like, I, I'm with you. Look, I, I'd do everything I could to keep Barrett. I'd keep David, okay? I'd, I'd, I'd try to keep Godwin, but to me, the other two guys are more important. And then go for them. Because to me, they're winning because of that defense. Like, offensively, they're fine. But look, one thing you and I both know, and you know better than me even, like, pitchers in baseball and quarterbacks in football, when it goes, it goes. And I get people with Brady, rightfully so. The man has earned every benefit of the doubt. But there's going to come a point, and not too distantly off here in the future, where he just drops back to throwing. He can't throw a ball anymore. I mean, it's going to happen. And typically, it happens overnight. It happened with Manning that way. I get he had neck surgeries all that. But, but Manning came off those neck surgeries and was unbelievable. 
And then one year showed up and it was like, oh, yeah, he can't throw the ball anymore. Right. And when it happens, you take the loss and you don't win that year and then you move on. Right. But playing Nostradamus with that stuff is you're in you're 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 pot committed you're 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 you've got him signed for this year period do you extend him on another year maybe maybe i i i I don't know i don't think he has any incentive really to leave you probably don't need to do that but you're you're all in man this is a this is an all-in tom brady will try to get as much as we can here we already got one you're playing with house money and then some at this point so You know, uh, all right, let's do in or out free agency more exciting than the draft. This is a no brainer for me. I love free agency, particularly this year's NFL free agency. Um, I'm including Deshaun Watson in free agency and everything else that's going on with quarterbacks around the NFL. Way more interesting to me than who the hell the Jets are going to take it at uh, number whatever, two, three, whatever the hell it is. Thank you. You. Yeah, I love free agency. Okay, both because it's good for my business and also because uh, I just find it intriguing and fascinating. It is time for us to get rich. Hang tight. We'll be right with you. It's Stacking the Box. I'm going to have a really unpopular opinion that I'm sure we'll get. And by the way, here's another thing. If you want to leave a comment, leave a rating and review, like, what do you like more, free agency or the draft? Love to hear from you. Um and, and not, not so much that we'll read those answers, but then we'll, you know, we can kind of talk a little bit more about one or the other as the show goes along throughout the offseason. Um, I, I, I think the draft has gotten to the point where it's so out of control. Like every, every nerd on Twitter that can post a GIF, okay, is on there. Just look at this guy's fluidity. Look at his hips. Look at the – it's like, yeah, that's great. Like – I'm not saying these people don't know football. A lot of them know a ton about football, but it gets so ridiculous. There's so much groupthink. Like, the reality is, I pay attention to about three, maybe four mock drafts. Why? Because those are the three or four people who actually talk to NFL people and are basing their mock drafts off those things. Like, Daniel Jeremiah at NFL Network is great. Dane Brugler over at The Athletic does a great job. Um... Mel Kuyper Jr., Todd McShay at ESPN. Outside of that, I don't care. And I and, and forgive me if there's someone out there who I forgot who might do an excellent job. I'm forgetting one person. But it, it, it's like I don't care. Like when NFL.com, they always have like these huge lists of all these guys that are employed there who do these things. And it's like Charlie Casserly. And it's like, does anyone really think Charlie Casserly is talking to a general manager in the league? Like Charlie was a great GM during his time. But he's not sitting there pounding pavement on this, right? Like Matt Miller was a guy over at Bleach Report now does a subscription service who his his mock was worth looking at because he's plugged in. Uh, Eric Edholm is another guy at Yahoo to give credit. And Eric's a friend and, and does a great job, right? But my point is most of that stuff outside of those guys I just mentioned, crap. It's just a gigantic, ridiculous waste of everyone's time. And oh, by the way, even if you're really good at this stuff, 50% of these guys in the first round are going to suck. They're going to suck. At least in free agency, I know if the guy's good or not. Like in the draft, like you always get, you know, like, okay, this past year, and I'm not saying any of these guys are going to be bad or not because it's one year, but remember last year, okay, this time, 
Jerry Judy, he's going to be big time. He's going to be box office. He's the number one receiver. How many people out there would now draft Jerry Judy ahead of Justin Jefferson? Zero. But that's which, how many. By the way, because I did get the benefit of interviewing both uh, Jerry Judy and Justin Jefferson in our Super Bowl coverage. And this is no disrespect to Jerry Judy, even though it's going to come out that way. Whoever sat down with the two of those guys was like, Judy's more compelling than Jefferson. You are not very good at your job. Justin Jefferson was one of the more impressive dudes of, that, I, that we've talked to, and we've talked to a lot of, of and, and I understand that it's not just how you talk to the media and or how you show up and, and meet with GMs and coaches, but it's a part of it, man. Like, you got to know who you're getting, and that guy was – he was miserably underdrafted and um, the Vikings were incredibly lucky to get him. I, I, I'd like to see in the comments, do you want us on stacking the box to get a draft expert on here to break down the draft? Cause Lord knows it ain't going to come from me. And I don't think it's coming from Verderan from what I'm hearing either. It's I will be the first to admit I am far more. I am not, I am not draft guy. Like I understand. I know who the, the, the high prospects are. I understand all that, but I'm not sitting there grinding right. film on a guy at Virginia tech. Okay? Do you, do you want us to get a, a draft guy on here who will speak for 30 minutes? Uh, who, who the hell is Schmidt? We'll bring Patrick Schmidt on. He'll bring the thunder. We could. Yeah. Do you want us to get Patrick Schmidt who is great at his job, but you probably have never heard of him. Do you want us to get Patrick Schmidt on here to tell you about the draft? I I say this unbiasedly. I don't care that he works with us. I'm dead serious about this. I have never met anyone who knows more about college football than Patrick Schmidt, ever. Like, I, I pride myself on knowing the NFL. It's 32 teams. Schmidt knows things about guys like Presbyterian. You're like, how do you know that? I mean, it is, it is mind-blowing. Nobody will know more about college football that we could bring on here than Patrick Schmidt. Okay, Nobody. so with, with that in mind – do we want? Do you want Patrick Schmidt on stacking the box? Let us know. Yes. All right, let's let's move along to uh, the Chiefs should be the favorite to win Super Bowl Fifty Six, in or out? I say in. I, I put this on there because the the Westgate and BetMGM and all these other Nevada they all have the Chiefs as favorites. Um, I'm in because I thought they were the best team all year in the NFL. Yeah, they they crapped themselves in the Super Bowl, but they were far and away the best team in football year long, and all their main guys are all coming back. Like I, I also wonder this off season and I, I, I can't remember if we talked about this. I might've talked this was on a radio station. Um, I wonder with Kansas city who is over the cap right now, but can get under it very easily with an extension for Matthew and moving Mahomes' money around. They, they can, they can create a lot of cap space in a hurry. I wonder if this is going to be an off season where they look at their team and go, you know what? We're not having that happen again. We are going to go out, and even if it means we're capped out for a couple of years, we're going to spend money this offseason. We're going to go after Allen Robinson. We're going to go after Corey Davis or Juju Schmidt-Schuster. We're going to go after Joe Thune or Brandon Sheriff inside. And if Jason Kelsey becomes available, we're going to go after him. Or we're going to go after Trent Williams. Like, I wonder if you're the Chiefs, if it makes sense for them to just go, you know what, Cap's going to explode after this year with the new TV deals. We know how to work the cap as well as anybody. Brant Tillis is arguably the best cap guy in the league. I, I do think, A, I am in. I think they should be favorites. And, B, I just wonder with them this year, Brett Veach is a big game hunter. They go after big names. If you go look at his history with them, Sammy Watkins, Frank Clark, Tyron Matthew, 
almost signed Earl Thomas. Like they, they do not believe in working on the fringes. They believe in you go get the big guy and we'll figure out the rest of it. And they've been very successful at doing that. I wonder if they will do that again. Be really interesting. And I mean, it's, I think the obvious add on is on the offensive line, right? That has to be the priority. Has I mean, to be. The, um, and I right. think will be both somewhat in free agency and certainly in the draft. All right. The Raiders are smart to move Derek Carr in or out. I can tell you that the Chicago Bears believe Bears. That, that if they get Derek Carr in a wide open, their belief, NFC, they think they can be in the mix with Derek Carr. Now, I don't know exactly what they're willing to give up for him. Or, you know, if there's a fit there, period. But the question is that the Raiders are smart to move from Derek Carr. What's your look at it? I, 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 I it's a tough one because what's the answer if, if uh, you're our moving away from the answer? This, then that's that's the pressing point. Look, if you're the Raiders, you're only in on that if you can upgrade him. Like, if you believe you can flip Carr for a couple first-round picks and then turn around, maybe add a little bit to that and get to Sean Watson, then it's worth it. But you you better be damn sure that you can make that happen. Because if you, if you trade Derek Carr and you end up starting Jameis Winston next year, not great. Right? Like, I, I'm out – unless they can upgrade him. Because you see all this stuff, well, teams are calling. That's great. Look, the Raiders were only even competitive last year because of their offense. They can't stop anybody. So I, I, uh, I'm i out unless they can upgrade on him, and, and they are certain that they can do so. By the way, it's 204 days till September the 9th, for the Raiders, so you know. We we're, on the, we're on the countdown, baby. I'll, we'll okay. start bringing that in. Uh, all right, lastly, the 49ers will keep Jimmy Garoppolo for at least one more year. I'm in unless they can get their hands on Watson. If they can get their hands on Watson, Garoppolo's gone yesterday. But um, I don't know if there's better options. It's been, Look, it's obvious that they would like to upgrade from him. It's obvious. Um, but wanting to upgrade and being able to upgrade are two different things. My guess, my best guess is he will be back. But if they can, if they could go out and get Watson, oh, I don't even think it's a question, uh, which is fairly obvious, I think. But I, I think that overall, uh, he's probably there another year. I mean, it seems to make sense that the Patriots would try to trade for him, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think I think if any team uh, wants him, more, probably New England. Yeah, I mean, Belichick was furious when they got rid of him. I mean, Belichick wanted to keep him originally. They don't have a quarterback. They've got the cap room to bring him in. I don't think the 49ers would be asking for, you know, the, a huge mortgage coming back. And I also don't think that San Francisco is, uh, you know, I, I feel like it feels to me like they're ready to move on. So yeah. I'm going to oh, say they are. Yeah. So I, I, I think I'm out. He's uh, Jimmy's going to play somewhere else next year. Uh, who's going to be quarterback in the Niners? I don't have a great answer to, which makes me a little bit leery of my answer there, but I'll, I'll, I'll take a flat. They'll figure that out. There's a lot of free agents out there. Maybe it's Jameis. Maybe it's, I mean, who? They, maybe it's Jacoby Brissett. I don't know. You want Nick Foles, by the way, you can have him. Anybody, anybody want Nick Foles? I, th- I think he, I think he belongs to you. Carl. Uh, I, well, 
you know, there is that rumor with Philly that uh, we're going to swap out Nick Foles and Carson Wentz and some draft picks here. The Bears are holding firm, baby. No first-round draft picks for Carson Wentz, damn it. Before we finish up here, do you – you're a Bears fan. You've covered the team forever. Like, if if you're just, – just you, the fan, what do you want them to do at quarterback? That's realistic. I mean, obviously, you don't have to go get Dude, I, I, I'm biased because we sat with Gardner Minshew at the Super Bowl last year, but – Like, I I want them to draft a quarterback. I want them to get it right. I want them to take their best swing at it. I don't care. You know, this, hey, I I would tell them, like, look, whether you guys are going to be here or not next year, uh, and I want you to be, I hope you have a successful season, but I want you to draft a quarterback that will hopefully set us up for the future. He doesn't have to play in year one. And then I want you to get the best option. Gardner Minshew has thrown 37 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions the last two years on the Jacksonville Jaguars, a one-win team. And I get it. He was benched at the end of this year for, for Mike Dan Glennon. But, like, he's not going to be expensive. He's got a phenomenal personality. He's put up very respectable numbers. And the guy's got a completion percentage, you know, close to 65. Who are you getting? I'm not taking on Carson Wentz's huge contract. Like I'm not doing it, even for, if it's only for two, you know, you're two years fully committed on a four-year actual deal. I don't find any of the options very compelling. And you know what? I, give me, give me a quarterback who's not going to turn it over. Who uh, you can, you can keep Allen Robinson, pay him. You can build up the offensive line. And, and try to augment that defense as best as possible and win that way. I, I just don't – I think that's the most realistic play right now. Probably is. You know? I, I think they should go after Minshew or Darnold. Say again, who? Minshew or Darnold. Oh, Minshew or Darnold. Yeah. They're cheap. They're young. Like, I don't know who needs to hear this. Carson Wentz sucks. <laughs> sucks. I, 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 I don't I, – has anyone like do do these teams just not watch these other teams? Carson Wentz was brutal. Like I, I do my quarterback rankings every week, which I'm sure every NFL team is is waiting for refreshing fanside.com every Tuesday morning during the season. As they should be. Yeah. But I do put time and I do put real effort into it. And I pride myself on watching every game. And I gotta tell you, you could make a real argument last year. He was the worst quarterback in the NFL, other than guys who were in and out of the lineup. Like an actual full-blown starting quarterback. I'd argue he and Drew Locke were the worst quarterbacks in the NFL last season. Cam Newton was right up there as well. Um, although I feel like Cam had absolutely zero help. Like, I get the Philadelphia supporting cast hasn't been great. He's been awful. Awful. And I don't think it helps things, by the way, that when he got benched, all these leaks started coming out of his camp. Right. That's not a good look, man. And this is Chicago. Like, all right, Chicago may not eat you alive like New York, but Chicago's not like Phoenix either. That, that's not going to go over particularly well if he's whining and crying if something doesn't go his way. Well, he's, he's also – there's, you know, reports now that he doesn't want to go here, he doesn't want to go there. Who, cares? Who the hell cares where you right. want to go? <laughs> hey, who cares? Shut up. Like, if I was the Eagles, I'd be like, you know what? That's great. Then you can go, you can go start at your new position of left bench. Okay, that's where you can go. That's fine. We'll pay you. We're not getting any cap relief this year anyway by trading you. It's fine. You don't want to get traded to where we can trade you to and shut up. We're going to park you on the bench. 
your value is going to plummet even more, and you're going to go sign as a backup after the season. Like I, I sometimes I don't understand this. I feel like this is something that comes from the NBA, where like the NBA was just like player empowerment thing. Well, like, well, I, like Anthony Davis when he got traded out of, out of New Orleans. Well, I only want to go to the Lakers. Who cares? Who cares? If I were the Pelicans, I'd think you're going to Detroit. Like that's like I don't care. whoever gives us the best offer. Now the Lakers ended up giving them a million picks. But my point is, you see it all the time. Like when Harden got out of there, got out of Houston, I want to go to the Nets. Who cares if you want to go to the Nets? What does it matter? Like why? Why does why does any GM ever care about this? I don't understand it. Well, in it- in those two NBA circumstances, the Nets gave up a ton, and so did the so did the Lakers. Lonzo, Brandon Ingram, totally Josh agree. Hart. But my, I guess, and, and you're right. Those maybe are examples of yes, teams did give up a lot. But my point is, and I, I'm sure if I sat, I can think of. But I, I, I get what you're saying. Like I get what you you're see, team, it's like they're held hostage by it. Like, well, okay, if you just want to go to these places, who cares? I don't, I don't care where you want to go. If you want to get out of here, fine. I'll grant you your wish. Now enjoy Milwaukee. Yep. 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 You don't, you don't need to curtail to the player. Although I tend, you know, listen, I'm, uh, I, the NFL owners have had, have held such a, uh, enormous advantage over the players for so long. And they still have it with the non-guaranteed contracts, which is the one sport that absolutely should have it. That I'm always going to be pro player, but in this particular Carson Wentz scenario where you're getting paid enormous amounts of money, if, if the bears want you, then you should be damn ass happy to go to Chicago. I mean, come on, dude. Like you're reuniting with DeFilippo, who is your quarterback's coach, who's now the passing game coordinator. Like, what is the problem? Well, I mean, I, I get why he would rather go to the Colts. Well, so do but, I. But yeah. if, if the Colts are not – look, if you're the Eagles, and, I, and I'm not saying this is happening, but let's just say the Colts say, look, we'll give you a second-round pick for him. The Bears say, we'll give you a first. If I'm the Eagles, I'm like, yeah, it's great. You're going to Chicago. Of course. Of and course. I don't care how you feel about it. Uh, of course. Of I, course. I, it's, it's just crazy to me. Like, I don't understand why any team would – now, the only, with the only exception being if now JJ Watt, of course, got released. Okay. But like, let's just say there was a scenario where he said, look, I really just want to go to Pittsburgh. Just trade me to Pittsburgh. That he has done so much for that organization. I think at that point, you take even less. If, go, that's where you want to go. Hey, man, thank you for everything you've done for us. That's different. What the hell has Carson Wentz done for the Eagles? I would argue the Eagles have done a hell of a lot more for him. I, I'll back him just a drop. I mean, look, the guy was going to win an MVP, and then he got hurt. And they did end up winning the Super Bowl. He he had, gets a without. I know. Him. Well, he Foles. but but they he, if that had been Nick Foles the whole season, I don't think they're winning the Super Bowl. He get he gets he gets twenty one percent credit for that Super Bowl. Is that too much? Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. You get, to le- you get some credit. I mean, I, I, that's fine. And I'm not blaming him for getting hurt. Like, I'm not one of these people yelling that he's soft or anything. I don't think that's true. But I... But, like, the reality is he did get hurt. And Nick Foles came in and won in that Super Bowl. Right? I, I mean, I like, would they have won that game against Brady if, if Wentz was in there? Maybe. Maybe not. 
Like maybe it'll all second. I, I don't know. We'll never know. But I like the Eagles paid him a fortune. He's fine. I don't want to hear anything out of Carson Wentz about how, how disgruntled he is and how he, I mean they even fired Peterson. Like it just it's like it never matters. It's not enough. Like, well, you know, I'm still upset. I don't care that you're upset. You stunk. You should be yeah. thrilled to death you're getting paid 30 plus million dollars going forward and be done with it. And if they want to trade you to Timbuktu, you should be fine. I just don't understand this. I get wanting to go to Indy, but if they're not offering the best deal, then that's just too bad. And you're not going to Indy. All right, let's wrap up for Rem. We're over time, my brother. Uh, we are. Anything special going on today for you? Or? You're damn right there is. The Knicks are playing. They're <laughs> playing the Magic or anything but Magic this year, okay? If the Knicks win, it's four in a row. Or we get the 500. By the way, as things sit right now, Knicks, Knicks well, at the at the sixth seed in the East and and rapidly approaching home court advantage here in the first round. Um, feeling pretty good. The Knicks went from being the blight of my sports fandom to all of a sudden like oddly respectable. I mean, fourteen and fifteen is not you know thirty and one here, but fourteen and fifteen. Four and a half games out of first in the East. Of course, we're not getting there. Not going to pass Philly, Brooklyn, or Milwaukee. After that, one game behind fourth place Boston and a half game behind Indiana. Now, it should be noted, also two games from being completely out of the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, your Bulls at 11 and 15, sitting snugly in the number nine spot, which used to be worthless. Now, all of a sudden, you can play into the playoffs. Um uh, it's exciting. I mean, Zach Levine's got it going on, but let's since you brought up the Knicks, let's just shout out my guy, Derek Rose, playing 22 minutes a night for y'all since he showed up. He's been unbelievable. He's shooting 50%. He's scoring 13. He's got four assists tonight. He's got a, a, a one-and-a-half assists. My guy's shooting 37.5% from three, damn it. When the Knicks acquired him, I mean, look, they got it for Dennis Smith Jr. in a second-round pick, so I wasn't, like, upset about it, but I was just like, why are they doing this? This is a waste of time. Derek Rose has been incredible on their second unit. And I actually – look, I've gone to the school of Tibbs, and I I love what I'm, what I'm being taught here. The only he's, thing I have had an issue with him, and I don't, know, I don't even know if he's like this in Chicago or Minnesota, but he's very rigid at times with his lineup. Like yes. Like, this is who we're playing. This is who they're playing with. And throughout the year, if I had had one complaint, it literally was at the end of games, just play – the best five guys. And I don't, don't put Alfred Payton in there. He sucks. Like don't waste my time with this. And against the Hawks in a very intriguing game where Julius Randall, by the way, all-star all day long had 44 points and nine rebounds in that game. The, the last five minutes they're they're starting five Barrett, Nerlens Noel, who's replacing Mitch Robinson right now, who, by the way, defensively is basically Bill Russell. Um, Nerlens Noel, RJ Barrett, Randall up on the front line with Emmanuel quickly and Derek Rose in the backcourt. It was unbelievable. It was like what I've been praying for now for weeks on end. He finally did it and they just blew the hogs doors off the last five minutes of the game. It's been fun. Like quickly can really play. Randall's a legit all-star Barrett, 20 years old, really looks good. Like sucks. Robinson got hurt. But he'll be back. Like they, they're actually halfway decent. Like they're not winning the title or anything, but like, could I see them getting in the playoffs and and like beating Indiana? Yeah, like maybe it could. Like it, the, the the East is wide open, man. I, I don't think the Knicks are going anywhere far, but hey, the, I don't it's, you, it's true. They're uh, 
there's definitely potential for upsets come playoff time. I love that you're leaping all the way. Yeah, my could win a first round series. I, damn I'll, it! I'll leave it at this. I would never in a million years pick them to beat the Nets. They probably lose in four straight. Maybe they win a game. If you're one of the eight net fans out there, okay, that is your worst dream realized. If the Knicks, who own the city no matter what they do, okay, and no matter what the Nets do, nobody cares. If the Knicks upset them in a playoff series, that would they could they would hold the parade on 34th Street for the Knicks. <laughs> like it would be the Knicks could lose in four games the next year. It doesn't matter who they played, Philly, Milwaukee, whatever. If the Knicks ever beat the Nets or even like really, really push them, it would be amazing. And it would be a great contrast. Here's one team that scores 180 points a night, doesn't stop anybody. And then there's the Knicks, who it's it's an absolute murderous brawl to get to 100 points on either side. But it is just a death match to get there. I love it. So as we wrap up here, um, you know you know whose birthday it is today, Vernon Ram. MJ, 58. 58 years old. So on his 58th birthday, since you're talking about um, the New York Knicks, I, I would bring up it was – I'm trying to get the date. Um, it was in 1987. I don't know where that um, – Whatever it was, the bottom line is he scored 18 straight against the Knicks and he won it with a shot from the left corner where the call by the Bulls uh, play-by-play guy, Jim Durham, which is still in my head, the Bulls get it and play to Michael Jordan, no timeout. Jordan in the front court, left corner shot by Jordan. Good. They uh, With one-tenth of his, one second left. And Johnny Red Kerr, RIP, actually both those guys, RIP, it just it, with, with there's no other way to put it. The dude had a flat out orgasm on the air. He just started screaming. <laughs> oh, oh, it was, it was, it was, it was, um, if I'm, if I'm bored in the middle of the day and I need a little pick me up for, for, for 25 seconds, that would, that's one of them that, it, that I would go to. Um, any rate, Mike's 58. I'm going to put out a 365 days of Carm later today on, on Jordan turning 58, six and zero in the finals. Of course, we all know that, but the Michael Jordan of is what kind of, my, kind of my favorite thing on Jordan turning 58. Like I just, I love that he holds that the Michael Jordan of uh, podcasting, the Michael Jordan of acting, the Michael Jordan of cooking, the Michael Jordan of is just a kind of a, it's, it's become, what would that be? A, you're, you're an English guy. Is that a verb? Is that an adjective? Is that an adverb? The Michael Jordan of, kidding me i'm i'm so bad at that crap i have no idea uh, whatever it is whatever it is it's something damn it uh, you can put those in the comments to the michael jordan of that uh, I'll, I'll call up I watched uh, an interview of him recently he was it's on youtube just go watch it if you haven't it's an hour long and he's just sitting there smoking like an incredibly high class cuban cigar in like this cigar lounge and this guy's interviewing him who works for like cigar weekly or whatever yeah and He's just talking throughout, and it's a great interview. The guy does a phenomenal job, but, like, interspersed is, like, Jordan just every once in a blue moon just being like, oh, it's a great cigar. I'll tell you <laughs> what, though. I've had better. And then he just, like, goes off. And it's like he just, he just, he's like, I'm taking this entire box of cigars. And it, but it's, it's actually really interesting. It was probably done, like, four or five years ago. Very interesting interview. Uh, I, you don't have to sell it any harder than that. I'm in. Uh, and and – cross-promoting against other podcasts too. 
Uh, I've been listening to the Knuckleheads a lot lately. They are, there is just some phenomenal for basketball fans interviews. I think I told you about the Iman Shumpert one, but I was listening to Isaiah Thomas last night and he tells a story in there where a recruiter comes to the house. Dude, Isaiah Thomas, as he puts it, we grew up poor, like poor, poor. Like the only thing that was in the in the refrigerator was 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 a thing of water. Like they they had nothing, and they couldn't have recruiters come to the house at night because they didn't have lights to turn on. They didn't want people to know that the that their light like like really really poor. So this recruiter comes in there, and uh, he says he's got a hundred thousand dollars in the briefcase, and Zeke's all excited, and so are his brothers. And everyone's fired up. He's like, in the whole room, we're all, we're all super jacked. And, but we looked to one person in the room, and that was his mother who sat there and just wasn't having it. Mary Thomas like, just said, my, my son is not for sale. And he, had, he ended up, of course, going to Indiana. And Bobby Knight comes in there and is like, listen, I'll tell you one thing. Your son's going to learn uh, to be a respectful young man, and he's going to go to class, and, he's, and, he's, and I'm going to teach him everything I know about basketball. And that's not where he wanted to go at all, but that's where he ended up. It was, it was just to hear Isaiah tell the story. It was phenomenal. That's awesome. That's great yeah. stuff. Yeah. All right. Good stuff today, as always. Thank you for listening to Stack in the Box. Uh, Matt Furram, good to be with you, brother. Uh, Stephen A., that was a fun start. I'm looking forward to seeing the comments on this. Uh, hopefully we'll get a bunch of them on this particular episode. We will, we'll see you next Wednesday, right? Absolutely. Next Wednesday, we'll be back with you. Thanks for listening.